shut up and sit down. Hey Siri, what is an expert? As a noun, it means a person who has a comprehensive and authoritative knowledge of or skill in a particular area. <laughs> okay, that's clearly not us. But we're not idiots either. Hmm. Arguable. <laughs> okay, fair. How about not complete idiots? We're a couple of guys who have been friends for 25 years who happen to disagree on a lot of things. This is our podcast, where we try to make sense of those things and try to understand the other's perspective. These are our inexpert opinions. Shut up and sit down. Microphone check, one, two, what is this? I've been singing Humpty Dance all morning. I don't know why. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Dude, I I went on a fucking Chili Peppers kick a few days ago. Ooh, I should do that today. Oh, it was good. I forgot how many good fucking jams they have. They got a lot of good jams. Yeah. I actually pulled up. Um, well, I was listening to something yesterday. The best of rock 1994. And it. Okay. It made it. It was on Spotify and it made it clear in my mind that that is the year. I think that I like that. I fell in love with music. Like I liked music up until that. I liked the Beastie Boys, all that. But 1994 is when like the grunge scene went fucking bananas with Nirvana and Soundgarden and Bush and Pearl Jam. And it's like every single song on it is like my billboard top 10. I mean, it's just, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's a wonderful thing, but the chili peppers aren't in there because they came in a little bit later. So I'll have to circle back to that. Yeah. Well, and they had like a pretty good album in like, didn't their first album, the, the one like, like sex love blood sugar sex magic yeah there you go that one wasn't that like in the did that come out in the 80s or was that early early 90s i'm gonna say early 90s but that was number two that was yeah mother's because then they had mother's milk was number one okay and then they had one hot minute Uh uh-huh and then after that was that californication after that that's right 91 was blood sugar sex yeah Madge mother's milk would have been either 90 or eighties. Then I think 89. So you think about it, they had fuck. I don't know how mother's milk. I'm, I'm sure I probably have heard of some jams on there, but that's like three huge, like they had some like across three decades had fricking some real bangers. Oh, they've got some bangers. They're a good, they're a good music group. They're probably yeah. one of the longest standing from our generation. Yeah. Because they're still, I mean, they're still cranking things out. Yeah, I haven't heard any much of their new stuff. All the way, you know, Bare Naked Ladies just released some new music not too long ago. And a couple of their songs I'm a big fan of. You you liked them. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I was never a big fan. Am I? Did I just lie to everybody? No, years active. 83 to present. They're still active. I don't know what their, what their situation's like from the standpoint of music, but... Well, hold on. I'm going to just <laughs> throw up the old Spotify real quick and just take a quick gander. I was listening to just, I was just listening to their, uh, what's it called? Like the, you know, like Spotify does just like an artist's mix and they just random songs. That's what I was jamming to. Yeah. Um, the getaway was their last one. They had one, they had stadium arcadium. Oh, stadium arcadium. That was a good one too. That wasn't bad. Rock and roll hall of fame covers. What is that? I don't what know is then? Of, do I don't we know listen to that. it? By the way, that was a great album. God, there's actually far more here than I thought. 
I forgot about really, the yeah. <clears throat> I forgot Go about ahead, the sorry. Abbey Road EP. I had that before Mother's Milk. I didn't. I didn't know about it. The, the three before that, Freaky Styley. Red Hot Chili Pepper self-titled their first album in '84. Yeah. Blood Sugar Sex Magic, though, in my opinion, is their masterpiece. It is so. It's just. It's like. Do you remember the band In Excess? Mm-hmm. It's like it's like that. Like it's very like it's very raw. It's very like I think it's got a parental advisory. I don't know that any of their others have parental advisory. Like it's very, it's a little harder than than their other stuff. Hmm. It might have been oh, when sure. they were all deep into drug yeah. usage. Some usage. Some use. <clears throat> oh fuck. I do think that I don't think they that, that was the same band as the rest of the albums. Like oh, Chad, really? yeah, like Chad Smith and John Frusciante. I don't think that um now it's just I well, know it is four of them. <clears throat> Anthony Kiedis Flea, Chad Smith, and oh yeah, their guitarist is Josh Klinghoffer. Oh, he's new. No, Frusciani. Oh, Josh. No, Josh Klinghoffer is older. Oh, okay. Right. Um. Yeah. Okay. So, so Frusciani and Smith joined to do Mother's Milk, and then they did Blood Sugar Sex Magic. So it was Frusciani and Smith. Frusciani mm. then was uncomfortable with the newly found popularity. He also that doesn't say that, but okay, there it does. Uh, <clears throat> fell into a heroin addiction along with Ketis. Um, and he was replaced by Dave Navarro. And so Dave Navarro was there on One Hot Minute. You know Dave Navarro, right? Jane's Addiction mm-hmm. guitarist. Very mm-hmm. pretty. Looks a lot yep. like my friend Lauren. <laughs> He's kind of hot. Um <laughs> Sorry, Lauren. I'd smash. <laughs> um, yeah, but, one hot, one hot minute. Although successful, failed to match the critical popular career. Kita struggled with drug addiction. Yep. Then Navarro left in '98. Fru- Frusciani rejoined for Californication. So, like, I love Dave Navarro, but it's clear that Frusciani's the yeah the, the guitarist. Californication, in my opinion, was. I, I can listen to that fucking album start, start to finish. I can too. But that one is more a product of time of life. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's Exa- why California that is so, is so you say that I feel the exact same way. I like blood sugar, sex magic from a musical standpoint more, but like one odd man or uh, Californication is equal because it, during that time, it, it was like what we listened to at that yeah, time. You, you know? had just graduated high school because that was right when uh, that album, we fucking just played the shit out of it right when you guys moved into El Rancho. That's right. Yep. Yep. Um, That was the same year. No. Okay. I was going to say that was the same year Transistor came out, but that's wrong. Transistor was two years earlier. Almost the day. There was a- there was another album that came out that summer too, because it was Californication and this other album that was nonstop. Like it's all we listened to. I felt like 1999 I can't remember what the other one. rock 
albums, alternative rock albums, alt God, rock. What was it? <laughs> Dude, was the last time now you that, went through it? Now that's what I call music. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's absolutely what it was. You still have your book of all your CDs or your books? No. Oh, really? No. I still have one. I lost one in California. Um, I set it on. We were. I was with my dad and fam, and we set it on. I set it on top of the van as I was getting into the van, and then we went on this drive through the mountains and realized that I left it on top of the van. Um, what was the other? Make yourself came out in '99. Incubus. <laughs> I don't know if that would have been it. I don't think that would have been it either. Dude, dude, remember the heist? I remember the heist. (laughs) What a stupid fucking idea for a bunch of dumb kids. I mean, it was kind of genius, though. Like it didn't go well. It didn't, but it should have. Limp Biscuit, significant other came out in 99. K, K. Lincoln Park Hybrid Theory came out. That was one of my one of my big ones. Devil Without a Cause by Kid Rock. Okay. That wasn't also, it. That was but that was a big one. <gasps> no, bit. This is not this is not right. That was like I I can remember that. I mean that that was those were big. Those were <laughs> if you got into Pete's car, if you got into Pete's kicker, there was a 90% chance that either Bawa to Ba was playing or Limp Bizkit was playing. Bawa to Ba. <laughs> Every time I hear that song, I think of Quincy Slater. Really? <laughs> yeah, because he used to do those. Remember those thing, those things in Carney called DB drags? Oh, yeah. Where you would go. And he that was his song because he had that stupid Mitsubishi with like four 12-inch subs in it. And the whole damn car would rattle. <laughs> And that was the jam he and would And that's play what he did. Bawa to ba. Did you say Cody Freeze? No, Quincy Slater. Quincy Slater. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He had that Mitsubishi Eclipse, right? Yeah. yeah. He had <laughs> yeah. that old style. Yeah, that old oh style. Oh my God. That's funny. It's the shit we remember. God, dude. Buck Cherry was 99. God, Buck Cherry was a good album, too. I, listen, that I one. listened to that the other day on a run. Let's see here. 99 was key. It was a good time for music. Uh, yeah, Limp Bizkit. I don't. So, like, I'm looking at this and it's like I'm looking at the top 10 albums. And if I don't even see Californication on here, I know this list is shit. Uh, Marilyn Manson, Mechanical Animals. That I listen. I played the. That can't be right. I played the shite out of that one. Dude, Eminem, the Slim Shady LP came out in '99. Okay. I, I would have guessed it came out way earlier than that. I don't know why. ODB. Okay. Inward, please. Came out. That was not the one. That wasn't the one I was looking for. Oh, it was Fiona Apple. 
Oh, <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> Rage, Nine Inch Nails. Sugar Ray, Every oh, Morning. <laughs> okay, so I was going to say that when we were talking about Limp Bizkit, and sure enough, that did Corn Follow the Leader came out then. That, that was, was it. That, that might have been it. That, that might be the one, one I'm thinking of. That was another big one. Man. I just, I miss the days. And it, and again, I think this happens as you just get older. But when it seemed like there was constantly new good music. And now I hear a good new song arguably once a month. I would agree. Well, yes. And it's, but the, the big difference is songs, right? It's like songs yeah. versus albums. Like I could play California, any of those albums we just mentioned, even the Fiona Apple one, for God's sakes, I could for play God start sakes. to finish. And it's like, this is a good album. Now, even like new M&Ms, it's like, yep, this has got four bangers on it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. 16 of them are forgettable. But you're right. There's also the, the frequency aspect. I was having, there's a kid I work with who has a very similar taste in music as I do. And in our one-on-one the other day, I was like, Joe, dude, uh, give me some music. I, I feel like my release radar on Spotify has been nothing but garbage for the last three months, probably four months. And he said, he said he felt the exact same way. And he's like, there's, there's going to be some hotness dropping pretty soon. Like, I feel like everybody's in the lab doing their thing. <laughs> so I can't okay, do Joe. it. Uh, so, so, According to his estimation, be on the lookout because the fire, the fire is coming. Yeah, dude. Nas I am came out that year. Counting Crows. This Desert Life came out that year. I don't know what this Desert Life is. That's the one with uh, Omaha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. OK. Man, 99 might be the best year for music yet. 99 is not bad. I wonder if you go to Spotify, let's see. Juvenile. The Juvie? G code. <laughs> Juvie? I've got to find more playlists like this 94 thing that I found. Best of Rock 94. The Eurythmics? Best of Rock 99. Smash Mouth? Astro Lounge? Man. Eiffel oh, 65? Dude. <laughs> Look at that. What? Best of Rock what? 99. That was aggressive. You've, what? <laughs> You've got Wait and Bleed by the first 10 songs. Wait and Bleed by Slipknot, Paral- Parallel Universe, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Testify, Rage Against the Machine, Drive, Incubus, The Chemicals Between Us, Bush, Aurora, Foo Fighters, Home by Stained, Adam's Song, Blink-182, Break Stuff, Limp Biscuit, Welcome to the Fold, Filter. And it just keeps going. Lit Up by Buck Cherry, Following Away from Me by Corn, Beautiful by Creed, Southtown P.O.D. That was another one that Pete would bump in his. Uh, he's a big 311 sound system came out that year. Yep. I just found the album that I was looking for, though. You know what the album was that I was thinking of that we listen to all the time? No. Blink 182 Enema of the State. I didn't really listen to Enema of the State. Dude okay, Ranch. Maybe that was just Dude Ranch. I played the shit out of. Yeah. Enema of the State. I think I was maybe that was just me then. I listened to it a little bit, but I couldn't get off Cheshire Cat and Dude Ranch. And also another big one that we can talk about was Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks in the life of Chris Gaines also came oh, out. Oh. 
What a clown. And Christina Aguilera, self-titled, her first album. Nine Inch Nails, The Fragile. Insane Clown Posse, that might have been the other one. Oh, Bloodhound Gang, Gang, The Bad Touch, that came out. (laughs) The Bad Touch. (laughs) (laughs) Jamiroquai, The Cranberries. That was also... The year that Indigo Girls, I think, came out. That album that everyone, all of those weird girls that we hung out listened to. I.E. Lindsay. I.E. Maggie. Mm. We can't play more than 30 seconds or we're going to be demonetized. Sweat. Sweat. Wet. Got it going like a turbo vet. Just kidding. Different song. (laughs) Just kidding. All right, Dude, well, we, we were we opened up with some music, a little trip down memory lane, which is fine. I'm going to go find today. I'm going to go find a 99 hits playlist. That's what I just found. I can see oh, it did? on yeah. on Spotify on the spade. Top hits of 99 through 04 or the 99 hits remix or. 1999 summer hits mambo number five see you gotta you gotta stay away from just 99 hits because then you're getting living la vida loca give a little love mambo number five (laughs) baby one more time here we go here we go found it play this 1999 hits dude dude got it dude Okay, I think I just found one that uh, doesn't fall under the rock category, but that's what would have been the other one that you were thinking of, I bet. What? I bet this is it. Year. What year? Year. Year. (laughs) Let's see. Oh, that was 1996. Never mind. What are you thinking? Sublime, sublime. Oh, God, that was a good album. I always forget about that one. I always listen to 40 Ounce. Yeah. 3 a.m. I must be lonely. (laughs) Natalie Umbrulia. Do you remember that one? She fucking hit the charts. Eagle Eye Cherry. Lou Bega. Oh, fucking getting jigs. You were big into that one. Fucking A, I still am. You fucking cranked the big wheel style. <laughs> fucking A, I did. <laughs> In the fucking Moz. <laughs> Just getting it. Remember that Steal My Sunshine song? Yes. That was apparently big. Your, that truck was a Mazda, right? No, that was a freaking Mitsubishi, Mitsubishi. The Mighty, the Mighty Max. Max. The Mighty Max. I knew, it was, I knew there were a lot of M's. I didn't have that very long because I totaled it. But um, Rude had the Moz. Yeah, Rude had the Moz. But I did have... I had remember I had a Mazda protege. The white, the white, the white one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the mighty max. <laughs> the mighty max. That thing was such a piece of shit. That thing was so <laughs> sick, dude. Oh god! And I just treated it like crap too. Oh man. So anyway, what we were talking about something far more interesting than, well, not that music is not interesting, but something far more interesting before this, we were talking about what we were talking about the two party system. You mean in the the green room? 
in the green room. Yes. Yeah. The two party system. Dude, by the way, are you uh, familiar with the podcast Smartless? I don't believe I am. It's a podcast with Will Arnett, Jason Bateman. And I always forget the other guy, the guy that played Jack on Will and Grace. What's his name? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sean Hayes. Sean Hayes. So those three guys, the way it works is every week, one of the people brings like a surprise guest and the other two don't know who it is. And it's usually people famous. I mean, they've had like everybody from like George Clooney to freaking Kamala Harris to, I mean, like big names, like we all know. And they uh, surprise them at the beginning. And then they sit there and just talk life, you know, work, whatever. It's actually a pretty good podcast. Pretty interesting. You got picked up by Spotify. No, Amazon. Or Amazon, sorry, for $60 million. That's insane. That's insane. We're doing something wrong. <laughs> I haven't got... <laughs> where well, are our offers? <laughs> where are our offers? Yeah, I mean, I need to call Arnett and figure out how he got that deal done because <laughs> something's up there. <clears throat> 60 mil. Um, I'm going to have to give one of these a listen. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. It's fun too. I wonder if it's because they've got a parent company. We don't have a parent company. That's probably it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the It was interesting. A few weeks ago, they had um, David Cross. Okay. I love there. David Cross. Yeah. It's funny because they started talking about uh, what was the show with all three of them minus Sean Hayes. Arrested um, Development. Yeah. And just listening to them talk about that was hilarious. That was a good show. Who brought him on? Arnett or Bateman? I don't remember. It was one of them. I think it was Arnett. Do you know David Cross from Atlanta? No, I didn't know that. Yep. He's actually a, Alpharetta. He's a fucking weirdo. He is. His last stand up was so good. Really? So good. Oh, he's a dark son of a bitch. I like it. So funny. Uh, he does this whole skit about the NRA. And at the time, the guy that was leading the NRA and talking about he goes into detail about what it would be like if that guy's daughter was in a school shooting and got shot. <laughs> And how fucked up like the NRA is. He's like, he's like, <laughs> you have to go listen to it. But it's, the premise of the joke is this whole long drawn out skit of where he plays the daughter and the dad at the same time. And the daughter is like dying in his arms. And he's like, oh, my God, honey, I'm so sorry. But I'm, you know, gun laws, we have to protect them. I know you're I know you're just taking in your last few breaths, but I've got to protect the Second Amendment rights. And and. Oh my God. Oh, you're dying on me. Oh my God. Okay. Well, I'm not going to change anything of my, my beliefs, but I, I know that daddy loves you. It's just like so fucking dark. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Uh, oh, but anyway, yeah. So you were listening to a podcast on, was it Jordan Peterson? Uh, which one? With Mark Cuban. Oh, Megan Kelly. Megan Kelly about and Mark Cuban made a comment about we need to abolish the two party system. The two part sis. <laughs> Which we all can clearly, I think, agree that it's it's just not working. Yeah. No. I, yeah. Uh, 
It's interesting because there's a guy named Michael Malice that I like a lot, and he he suggests that we should split the U.S. into two into the like the you've got the Democratic U.S. and then you've got the Republican U.S. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, because and and he makes this, he's he's brilliant. Um, I always knew he was smart. He was recently on on Peterson and. I don't know that I've ever heard anybody take it to Peterson quite like Malice did. Like there were probably three or four times in the two hour conversation where Malice would say something and Peterson would just stall for 30 seconds because he had no idea how to reply because it was so just perfect or well thought out or whatever. Um, He has his own podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he came, he, he moved over from the Ukraine. I mean, he, he, he knows Soviet Russia. Like he mm-hmm. is familiar with terror and shit governments. And he basically says that, you know, from day one, America has been this divided country. Like we've had times where we're at each other's throats, like we are mm-hmm. now, but we've, and we've had times where we get along, but at the end of the day, we've never had the same belief system. Right. From from a Democratic Republican standpoint. And he argues that we should just split it and you guys go over here and live and you guys go over here and live. Right. And and just break up the United States, which which I find compelling. Um, Oh, I don't think that would go well. I've never thought about it from the standpoint of just getting rid of the two parties because and that seems to make I I think that's even more compelling because. What? 90% 90% of people, 80% of people are all pretty much the same. Like the, sure you lean a little bit further on, on, on the pro choice. And I'm not saying you specifically, right. Um, this person leans a little bit further on the pro life, but by and large people are pretty much in the middle, you know, the fringes are where fucking shit gets really, really weird. Right. Um, so I wonder, I wonder what that would do. I, I mean, you get rid of it completely and just focus. It would be hard. It would take longer than a generation because I think people would still be people would still look at people and go, oh, well, that's just I mean, like Trump, like Trump, Trump, Trump was a Democrat all his life. And then he decides to run for Republican, does a lot of things conservatively from a fiscal point of view, but in a lot of cases does a lot of things with a very liberal bent to him. Right. And people are still just wildly convinced that he's this uber fucking red Republican conservative dude. And it's like, no, that's no, that's not even close. I mean, um, I don't think that that's the case. It's just because of the jerseys, because of the symbolism that those things tie, like it would take people a generation to not be able to look at a guy that was promoting X, Y, or Z when they were up on the campaign campaign trail and people to not go, Oh yeah, he's just a Democrat. He just doesn't have the title Democrat anymore because we got rid of the two party system. That would yeah. be the big, the big problem I would see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then unfortunately, like most of these politicians are strong armed into, you know, Hey, if you're going to be, you know, a Congressman, a Senator, a freaking you know, a representative of this party, you better get in line. And that's, it's just like, it, it takes away the value of having varied, you know, ideals, experiences, et cetera, to draw from. Mm -hmm. And 
unfortunately, and again, you know, I say this all the time. I, I only have my own experience and what I've seen in, you know, just my 38 years or whatever. And honestly, in probably the last 10 years where I've actually even slightly paid attention or given a shit. And I don't know if it's getting worse. It seems like it is. And maybe that's because I've just become more educated in time. So that could be it too. But I feel like we've, that two-party system is now more of a divide of ideas as opposed to, all right, this is a, it's there in place for balance. So we right. don't end up with a single party that could lead to socialism or communism or whatever that you see in a lot of these countries that have that because they don't have anybody that can oppose any ideas they have. They get to make them all. So, right. but yeah, unfortunately it's, it becomes more of a just tug of war then it does open discussion values from values that represent the people of this country. And it's more, I'm going to argue, and then we can go off into a tangent very, very quickly. And we don't have to, because we've talked about it ad nauseum on this podcast about lobbying and, and government and how fucked up that is because, you know, a lot of these people are making decisions based on the money they're getting or the lobbyists that have the leverage, et cetera. Yeah. So. No, that's interesting. And and he he speaks to that a little bit. He talks about how that would be one of the biggest things to come from it would be there's no more lobbyists because it's very 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 easy to see when Shell Corporation A or ConAgra or the NRA gives Mike Beanhoff money. It's very easy it's easy for me to see that and see oh Mike is corrupt versus the NRI giving this conglomerate of 25,000 people money. Mm -hmm. Right. And so now once you take the party out of it, you take this big grouping and you're only putting up people that represent their constituents and can speak to their constituents, best interest. Mm -hmm. You remove the, I mean, you don't remove it because obviously people, individuals can still be corrupted, but it's much, 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 much harder to push someone through in an individual perspective, right? Um, mm -hmm. With all of that lobbying and backing and, and all of that. So that that falls by the wayside once, yeah. once you get rid of that. Um, what is it called in... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say there's something else you said that... Uh, I was going to fucking... Hmm. Go ahead. What is it? Is it... Is the term called the common middle... What is the term when they, when you look at, you hear it in politics, you hear it in statistics a lot where it's the people from like the 10 to 90% are the common middle. And then you have the extremes on the other, like, you know, the one to 10 and the 90 to hundred or whatever. Okay. There's like, there's a term that I hear people say it's, and I hear a lot and and you said it earlier that arguably the, the, the common middle, I'm going to keep calling that, even though I'm going to probably, I don't know, maybe I, don't I just coined I a terminology, a new term, but that arguably the majority of people in this country probably actually align on more than they disagree on. That's right. It's like most people probably actually in all actuality, probably agree on around 80% of things. Yet we focus on the 20% we don't agree on. I mean, I wonder, I wonder if it's possible 
The moderate middle? Maybe that's what it is. Moderate middle. I don't know. Something like that. That sounds actually pretty. That sounds right. But anyway, the is it is it possible to instead of focusing so much and and again, there's there's so many different connection points to this this argument or this this discussion because you know what I want to what I'm going to say and then I'm going to add this one little piece onto it. But if we started focusing more on the things that we agree on, Hundo P, and then add in a few of the things. Okay, right. Well, here's the challenge. But we're coming from a place like, no, we generally agree, but can we focus on a few of these things that maybe you and I don't see eye to eye on? All of a sudden it's coming from the right place. Like, no, I, I we actually agree quite a lot, but can there's a few things that changes, in my opinion, the discussion because it's like, I want to work with you. We do agree on a lot. We've established that. Can we focus on these other things real quick? And then maybe people will be willing to come to the table. If that's the case, the problem I feel like is where we're getting our news. I mean, what if, how fucking crazy would it be? I don't think this is the case, but what if there's some world in DC where that's actually happening yet the news media, because all they care about is clicks and making money that they're only focusing it. So like this, like the Overton window or the zeitgeist of, of what we talk about from a political standpoint is only the shit that we disagree on. Mm hmm. And it's, it's frustrating because, you know, you, you sent me that article a few days ago. I told you that, fuck it, I'm done paying attention to the news and politics. It just pisses me off and right. we're all getting lied to. Like some of that is stemming from this idea. Like I don't actually know anymore what's going on in reality because there's such a spin in every single fucking like channel of news that it's just like, I don't even know what's real and what's not. Are they just making this up? Is this just being blown out of proportion? You know, I don't remember. I think you and I talked about this. And I don't remember if it was on Rogan or somebody. Or maybe it was, you know, actually it might have been on Flagrant Podcast. Is Yeah, it was. Schultz said, you know, back in the day, you look at like Walter Cronkite and Connie Chung and all of the freaking, you know, potentially even like Brian Williams. You didn't know a lot about these news anchors you didn't they, you didn't they didn't talk about their personal lives they really i mean arguably maybe put a little bit of their own spin on it but not anything like today where it's like all opinion based right it's you know i i'm you i wish we could go back to that where it's like i don't give a fuck who you are read me the news tell me the facts leave your opinion out of it because I don't give a shit and then let me make decisions based on my own beliefs as opposed to you telling me yours and because we're such a fucking sheep fucking society that's like, oh, so-and-so said that. I like that person. Now that's my belief. It's like, did you put any of your own thought into that? Where are your feelings out on this thing? It drives me nuts. Yeah. Like if I was yeah. to ask you, give me the most, and, and this is not meant to start a debate or an argument, but like, if I was to ask you the most unbiased source of news you can think of, I don't even think I could answer the question, to be honest with you. I would say Quillette or Axios. Probably okay. Quillette. Yeah. Yeah. Because they do have a, a variety of, of ideas. That's a good yeah. point. That's a good one. I, I personally, I like... I get most of my news now from a variety of podcasts because totally. it, it allows me to hear all the different points of view. 
And yep. it's weird how you listen to it and you can see these strings and connections of ideas yep. that are similar. Yep. But it's also nice when you get somebody else in there that doesn't agree with maybe your line of thinking and hearing them talk about it. You're like, wow, there's right. really good points there. I didn't even think of it that way. Right. That's what I really like about malice. He's, he's a self-proclaimed anarchist. Like he, he wants to blow it all up. He hates the police. <laughs> he hates the United States in, in like, he likes the idea and the experiment, but he doesn't like how it's one, one group. He thinks all police are corrupted assholes and, and should be completely done away with. Um, I mean, he's, he's, he does not believe in order, um, which is very, very contrary to what I believe in. But mm-hmm. he is so fucking smart that when you hear him purport all of these ideas, you're like, oh, actually, I could. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense when you put it that way. Um, so when he that, says that, that and, and I'm not expecting you to, like, jump on his podium and, and give me his point of view, I can always go listen myself. But the idea of of anarchy and like no police. How do you think? Do you think there's a world in which that would work? Um, based in on his, in the, in the way he proposes it, possibly like he is all about. So, so we, what, the what, terms like, we, of, like anarchy in the, police? In, anarchy how, how in the world work? of like punk rock is, is different than like anarchy in the world. Right. Of like, right. Right. Um, so it's not like anarchy <laughs> in the way he's talking about doesn't mean we're all running around smashing things and spray painting shit and, and right. know, ah, fuck ah. I mean, right. you know, it's, like the it's, Biff, like the Biff version of the future, right. in Back to the Future, correct, right. correct. <laughs> <laughs> it's like from downtown. <laughs> his belief is if we, and this is where I 100% agree with him. I don't know how possible it is, but if we completely rid the world of the media, um, at least like these corporate conglomerate media entities that are funded mm-hmm. by again, money because money ultimately corrupts everything. Right. Right. And get back to what you're talking about, where you've got media outlets that are actually independent. They are self funded. P- perhaps they're funded by the government, but they're not taking ad revenue and ad dollars and lobbyist money and this, that, and the other. Um, and then his his other thing is love and fucking just like mutual respect. He that's that's how we that's how we get to a world without the need of police is we just love thy fucking neighbor whether you want to whether you want to glom onto the Christianity version of it or the Jewish version of it. There's some that's one good thing that comes from religion is in most cases outside of I'm not going to even say it because I don't know enough about it, but most cases like that is one really, really big component of like, like in, in, in Judaism and in, in Christianity, there is love thy enemy, you know, like that is mm-hmm. a big, big piece because that's the only way you're going to get, you're going to get past it. Right. Right. If you hate them, you're going to continue to want to fight with them. So, mm-hmm. so if you can figure out how to love them, you can work past, you can come up with those, you could figure out what you agree upon and then that helps you settle the disagreements. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of like ultimately the, the, I think the crux of his anarchistic Hmm. idea. Um, the other thing I was, I I remember what, what I was going to say, um, the, when you said, I, I don't know if it's getting worse, it feels like it's getting worse. I have that thought every once in a while. Um, 
the fact that you've got the Jordan Petersons, the Sam Harris's, the Brett Weinstein's, these people are all like people compare Jordan Peterson to like Sigmund Freud and Nietzsche and like these historic, historically great thinkers. When you have someone like Jordan Peterson basically shaking in his boots about where we are and he's been kind of predicting something along where we are today for about the last 10 years. That tells me it's getting worse. Yeah. Can right. I ask a question real quick? Cause you are much more of a Jordan Peterson um, apostle than I am. The, what is the thing with him? Like, and I might've asked this before, whether it was on the podcast or not, but why is, what about Jordan Peterson is so controversial? Like I, I've heard that, Media. Something happened and he got in a bunch of trouble and got really sick because of it and like was worried about his like fearing for his own life and stuff. I don't even know what the fuck happened. So he came to mainstream prominence back in about 2015, 16, because the country of Canada where he's from, he's from mm -hmm. Alberta. Um, passed some sort of it's 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 actual law um, legislation that states that you have to abide by the pronouns that a particular individual wants you to call them. You oh, have okay. to reformulate your language. And if, if, if I want you to call me they or Z or whatever, you are required by law to now call me that. Okay. It is it is a punishable offense. And he came into mainstream prominence because he is a very, very huge proponent of free speech and kind of libertarian values, despite being a fairly left dude. Mm -hmm. Um, because he basically said, Fuck you, no, I will respect you and I will call you Z, but there's no way you ever, ever, ever legislate that because that becomes this that, that becomes precedent for now turning into that socialistic communistic society where mm -hmm. um, now we can basically make you do whatever we want to. Right. So mm -hmm. he was very, very, very adamantly opposed to it, lost his job because of it. Um, the sickness and all of that has just come from the four to five years of turmoil and anxiety of being in the spotlight and basically being, persecuted for having mm -hmm. that belief and, and, and people dragging him through the mud because like you listen to him, you read his books, all of that. Like you, you, you heard him with that, that Korean woman, like when he cries, it, it like, it affects me like my children are crying because right, he's this very gentle, very logical, very well put together man. And yeah. he's a psychologist. Like he's a psychiatrist. Like he's, he is seen and dealt with more, and so when he cries, you know that that's a pretty deep thing, you yeah. know? And he's not some just fucking educated psychiatrist. This guy actually is a practicing psychiatrist, right? Yeah. Well, not anymore like because he, he can well, ultimately. Oh, but. okay. Well, yeah. But he he has like spent many of years actually seeing patients. And oh, yeah. so it's like decades. This is real world experience this guy's decades. bringing to the table. Decades. Yeah. Yeah, he is. I mean, he is. I, I would say, you know, the the carl jung freud like he he's on the same he's on the same playing field like his ideas and his thoughts and um yeah the things he brings to the table in that in that realm are yeah pretty incredible uh, yeah that's that's very interesting to hear that because you know i have 
I, I don't necessarily have a point of view on him, but I do know that every time I listen to him, I'm, I always walk away like, dude is so incredibly intelligent, such a kind hearted guy, very like wears his kind of emotions on his sleeve, which I think is welcoming nowadays. You don't see that very often. Yeah. Um, and he's never said anything that I find so goddamn out there that I like, I, why would, why would you, anyone think this about this man? I, no. I don't. Then no. I realized that I, I probably more than likely agree with him more than anything than far, far more agree with him than I disagree with the guy. So maybe that's why I feel that way. But yeah, he seems like a freaking. Uh, the podcasts that you sent to me of, of his that I've listened to, I was like, yeah, this is great. Well, and when he ends conversations, you can just you can feel how genuine he is. You know, I mean, when he thanks people for sitting down and talking with them. And I mean, you can just you can just hear it in his voice like he he means everything he says. And, and yeah. there is this very kind hearted, genuine feel to it. The other thing as I'm sitting here kind of rambling about it, um, that he's been kind of dragged through the mud for. And this is probably bigger because bigger than the the. um the language thing is throughout his practices and whatnot, he's, he's, he's kind of latched on to the idea of fostering good behavior in men. Right. Okay. Um, and the way he's done that is basically by telling these men to be more manly to like, and, 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 and he's done so in a way that's been kind of like women aren't looking for a, a, a feminine man. Like you have to be more manly. You have to, you, you, you have to be more assertive. You have to do this because. Oh, his, I see that being a problem today. His belief is that as a male, that's kind of your duty. That's what, that's what we are. That's what we are in. That's our species, our sex, our gender, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's what we're here for, right? That's how mm -hmm. we get satisfaction. That's how we right. get fulfillment. Um, and he's not saying you need to go out and kill a bunch of things with your hands and all this, oh, but yeah, it's, like it's more of like, <laughs> it's more of like, take ownership of what you're doing. Stop complaining. Um, but the way he goes about it and the way he says it, there is, I could see how it could be misconstrued as he is opposing feminism or he is looking at females like, as the lesser sex or something along those lines or, or promoting toxic masculinity or totally, something like totally. that. Yeah. But again, you give the guy 30 minutes to, to listen to him <clears throat> or you read any of his publications or books or articles. That's, that's not even close to what he is. Right. He, that's just the way he's found helps. And if you look at the vast, Number. I mean, you go to his website and read through any or podcast and read through it. The number of men on his YouTube channel and all that who are like, "Dude, you saved me. Uh, I was at the brink of suicide." Yada. Like, yeah, he's he's clearly doing a very, very, very good thing for a lot of these kind of lost millennial boys and and men. Um, yeah. So I don't see that. Yeah, I've seen you know, and, like, I, and there's there's girls that that are the same way that read his books and go, this doesn't apply to just men. This is this right. is a this is a human thing. You know, he yeah. just picked men because he saw that that's where that relate to your point. He's only got his experiences to deal with, right? So yeah. he can he can inform a man on how to do this. He can't necessarily go inform a woman on how to do this. Yeah. He, uh, like on Instagram, every once in a while you'll scroll through and, you know, like you'll see like those inspirational videos. There's so many of him, like 
uh, like as a professor, like talking to his class about like relationships and love and all of this. And every time I like see them, I'm, if you just watch the entire thing, the message and the takeaway is so powerful. It's like, man, this guy fucking is just, just spewing good shit. It's like, how many quotable things have come out of this fucking man's mouth? (laughs) Totally dude. And the more you listen to him, what's really crazy is it's all stream of consciousness. Yeah. He doesn't rehearse any of that. Yeah. That's all him. Like he talks about it a little bit on a podcast that he has with Russell Brand, um, where he's like, Russell Brand might be one of the smartest people I've ever interviewed. And he's sitting there talking with his daughter about it. And she's like, he reminds me a lot of you and how he can just start talking about an idea and diverge from it and take you on this little half hour, hour long journey and bring it back and tie it to where he started. And Jordan's like, that's my favorite thing about lecturing. I've seen him three times, twice on the same tour, completely different. He just gets up, starts talking, reads the audience, sees where the audience is going with it, reacts to them. will expand on an idea and he'll talk for an hour and a half or two hours and it's all ju- and it's so fluid. There's no pauses. There's no ums there. He is just he's a genius. I mean, yeah. the guy is a mastermind. Yeah. Speaking of Russell Brand, that's another guy that people either love him or hate him. I love him. I think he's great. Yeah. I think I think he's abrasive to a lot of people because. Clearly intelligent you know, has experienced some shit, has a, was a huge fucking, has a huge addict, you know, booze, drugs, whatever has completely cleaned himself up, but his approach to those experiences and the idea that you can, can you have control of all of these things that like stop blaming other people for your shit. And he's so unapologetic about it. I I think it's great. (laughs) I think he's great. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. I love how abrasive he is. Um, he was just on Ben Shapiro does, he does, he hasn't been doing it a lot this year, but he does a Sunday, the Sunday conversation. I don't listen to much Ben anymore just cause we're out of the, the, the politics cycle, but, right. uh, I still listen to his Sunday conversation just cause it's a, an hour where he sits down with a guest and chats with him. And Russell Brand mm-hmm. was the most recent one. And every one of Ben's podcasts, every single one, Ben will be talking and he'll talk for probably 15 minutes. And then he'll say something like, before we get into that, I'm going to tell you about uh, Helix Sleep and why you need Helix Sleep. Have you ever been? And then he'll go into an ad, right? Mm -hmm. Brand. (laughs) I've never heard anybody do this. And I've been listening to Shapiro for four years, probably, you know, hundreds of guests brand would jump in every time that would start an ad. He'd be like, let me tell you about Helix sleep and why you need good Helix. And brand like, Oh, tell me I've been sleeping so shitty lately, mate. And, and he'd go, and you could just hear Shapiro. there, like starting to kind of chuckle as he's trying to read through his advertisement. It was so spot on and so funny and so quick. And it was like, God damn it, Russell just, yeah. no, I wonder if Russell's been listening to Shapiro. I, I, the two of them couldn't be further from one another and disagree right. on so much. But listening in preparation for the show, I wonder if Brand's like, yes, I'm going to fucking take some shots at these advertisements right. and jump in. It was so perfect. Every yeah. single solitary time. I was, wa- I was watching something or maybe it was on a podcast, but it was R- Russell Brand talking about because, you know, he's a stand up comedian, too. And he 
was talking about how he like disarms, um, um, like what are they fucking called? People, it's comedy shows that like scream at you and shit. Uh, hecklers. hecklers. And he, he, so they played this video of him and this heckler and this woman kept yelling at him and you could see he's getting more and more frustrated. And the first few like heckles, he's kind of like, all right, we'll play into him. Like these are what most comedians do. They have like this like strategy of dealing with these people. You know, at first it's like, okay, great. I'll, I'll entertain you for a second, but then I need you to shut it down and we're going to keep moving with the thing. You know, well, this woman didn't stop. And he took this approach, which I'd never, most comedians if you keep pushing them, they're going to get, they're going to turn on you very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's usually hilarious. Bill Burr is the king of this. Bill Burr will tear you a fucking part in a second if you heckle him. But Brand does this other thing where he like goes the complete opposite way and explains to them. It's like, listen, I'm up here trying to do a job that is very, very challenging. It's very, very hard. I'm trying to keep all of these people into this like get all these people into a story so they can understand me and you're interrupting and like basically on a personal level start like almost giving her some kind of like psychology lesson on like what she's doing and why she thinks that that's helpful and then he even invited her up on stage he's like if you have a story to tell come up i'll give you some of my time share what what is it you want to say to everybody and it's just like, holy shit. And she just freaking like was so incredibly embarrassed by the fact that he was being kind to her about it. Right. She fucking Versus walks out. like po- po- poking fun of her. Or, yeah. 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 And I was just like, whoa. And the thing was, he did it in such a like kind hearted from the heart way. I was like, holy shit. I've never seen that before. Kill him with really kindness. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That is pretty cool. So anyway, <clears throat> I know you got to roll, homie. <laughs> All right, this was this was a fun one. By the way, next week or two weeks, I don't know what our timing is, but we're gonna two weeks. We're gonna have a conversation. Jeff and I are going to um, break down break down <laughs> the the vast differences, possibly similarities between the married with children life and the completely single, lonely, sad, sad life that I lead. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when you put it that way i like i want to do it tomorrow Uh. so i think that'll be fun that'll be that'll be a really interesting conversation because i feel like uh it will surprise people honestly yeah i think it'll surprise me i'm looking forward to it yep all right right, love you love you too all right later basis and that's a wrap ladies and gentlemen for this week's episode hope you guys enjoyed please don't forget to download and subscribe to Inexpert Opinions in your favorite podcast app. And uh, it'd be doing us a huge favor if you gave us a five-star rating. That helps us grow. Growing's good. Everything needs to grow, including Inexpert Opinions. We're trying to blow this thing up, y'all. So, uh, yeah, rate us. We love you. Thanks again for listening. Bye-bye. Shut up and sit down.